episode 47 with carolyn martin carolyn is a fantastic singer uh lived in nashville for a long time uh living in fort wayne indiana now uh great western swing singer and really she can sing anything uh great friend of mine and we had a great chat don't forget our sponsors this week morning buzz coffee company out of Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, they do a fantastic job there. Make sure you check them out at morningbuzzcoffee.buzz. And I uh, really like these guys and the musicians that own this coffee company. And uh, make sure you go check them out. Leave them a message. They actually have a podcast as well. Uh, you can listen to that and find all that information at their website. Also, Music City, Canada, one of our sponsors, based out of London, Ontario. Uh, great guys, uh, if you need to get anything, uh, recording equipment, drums, guitars, uh, PA, uh, rentals, uh, they have it all and they have the best prices anywhere in Canada. So make sure you go check them out online, musiccitycanada.com and uh, let them know that you heard about it from the In Session with Darren Walters podcast. All right, let's get rolling with Carolyn Martin. <laughs> All right, we're here with Carolyn Martin, and she is live. Uh, you're at kind of the Sweetwater headquarters right now, are you not? I am. I'm in the recording studio at Sweetwater. Nice. In Fort Wayne, Indiana. Very, very nice. Very nice uh, room, a beautiful facility. Yeah, it is nice there. I, I came down and I saw your husband there a couple times and uh beautiful spot it's nice to have you on this show on this super hot day thank you it's nice to be in the air conditioning yeah i know i just funny enough i i put a new air conditioner in my studio last year and because i haven't worried about because every summer i'm uh just usually busy in our theater so i don't i didn't really worry about it and it and it got you know a little warm in here Man, I'm real thankful I put that in last year. <laughs> I bet you are. Yeah. <laughs> Works really, really well. So how are, uh, how are you faring with, with everything, with the COVID situation and all that? How are things around your area? Oh, man. Um, well, uh, we're, we're just hanging in there. Um, David and I are, are very careful you know, about wearing the masks and uh, when we're out in public. And uh, he wears one to work. Um, he fortunately is still going to work every day. My work has had virtually stopped. Now I'm, I'm beginning to do some outdoor, uh, music performances yeah. for some senior groups, uh, around here. They opened up just a little bit, opened up the, uh, senior residences for, uh, for visitors. Visitors are allowed to come on a limited basis. And then I can go do music for them, uh, you know, 15, 20 feet away, um, outside. And, uh, that, that's been really enjoyable. I've done three of those. And then yeah. we, what has saved us <laughs> is we've done, uh, two live streams a week from our home. And, uh, that, that has been so good for our, our mental health and, uh, good for, for keeping our, our musical chops up. And, uh, you know, it's, it's motivation to practice. Um, yeah, I, which is I really good, really right? Late. 
I have to have a motivator uh, or else I get really lazy. So it's, uh, it's great. Uh, people, uh, people have been, I started to say calling in, but they're not calling in. They're texting in, you know, with song requests and maybe songs that uh, I haven't sung in a long, long time or songs that I've, I've never sung that I'm, I'm practicing on and learning for the next, next show. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's, it's neat that we have that opportunity to be able to do that, right? We have this oh, free medium. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Think about that 20 years ago, and you would never have that opportunity just to do that for nothing, basically. It costs you just hit the button, and as long as you have an internet connection, away you go. Right, and if if you had told me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that I would be able to sing in my living room and have people in Italy... Australia, Africa, listening to me, uh, they're in the moment. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed you. I would, have say, I would say that's science fiction, but uh, not anymore. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, I think we're all figuring out new ways to perform uh, and new ways to make an income as uh, a singer or a musician or anyone in the music industry. And yeah. um, I, in some ways, I think it's good. Um, it's kind of made us kind of rethink about what we were what we were doing, and 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 I think it's kind of brought everyone down a level a little bit uh, to some extent. You know, kind of we're all almost on the same playing field, and mm-hmm. we're just kind of almost starting from scratch again, and um, and just let's restart and think about how to redo this again, and um, yeah. It's it's different. I mean, it's. I think you have to look at it. It's like how how can we make this a positive thing and and just mm-hmm. keep keep rolling. And and I've seen your shows on on uh, online and, and you know definitely really great. And you really just kind of churn them out all the time. And and that's good. <laughs> that's really really good. We get we get a little goofy sometimes, but uh, but yeah, you know, reinvention is is not a bad thing. And. Uh, I liked what you said about, uh, you know, bringing everything, everybody down to kind of the same level. I mean, you can turn on your computer any, any day or night of the week and see, you know, really famous musicians in their kitchen, you know, singing for you. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's really wonderful. And another thing I think this has done, uh, is made people, uh, kind of examine their priorities and uh, thankfully, music is a priority yeah. for for many many people, and uh, it's it's a way. It's always been a way to connect to each other, but we're connecting to each other on such a personal level now. And uh, you know, it, yeah. that's that's a good that's a good thing. And I think it's made a lot of people aware that people that are in the arts industry as a whole whether they're an actor or they're a singer or uh, a producer or an engineer any of those things that it actually is a viable business and a lot of people make all of their money just doing this and a lot of people are here just to do that that's what they were born to do that's all the skills they have, right? That they're they're a musician mm-hmm. and they live, breathe, and eat that, and they've done it their whole lives. And they could be 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever, or 20 or 30 years old. And mm-hmm. there's not really a whole lot of room for anybody to 
go and learn something else. Like, you know. Oh, I know. And you, you don't, you don't want me running a cash register. I promise. <laughs> that would, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> Lots of that freebies. Be good. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the other good thing I think that we've we've heard from some people I've talked to as well that um, you've had this little extra time to. Uh, broaden your skills a little bit like you said you're learning mm-hmm. songs that you haven't played for years and and uh, sometimes there's hidden gems in there and um, it's made you practice more and for me I know I'm I'm spending more time in my studio I'm learning more things than I've ever had time to do before and and then really looking at things and kind of decide and and you know was I doing too much before or was I trying to you know maybe I should bring things down to just one or two things and, and really do that. But, you know, everyone's personality is a little different and, and, uh, I like kind of going full steam all the time, but, um, it's, it's just, it's just different. It's just a different way of looking at everything. And I think at the end of the day, we all kind of just kind of, it's like taking a stack of paper, just throwing it up in the air. Just, yes, (laughs) that's all there is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back. Uh, and, and chat about how you got started in uh, the business. You're you're from Texas, right? I am. I was born in Abilene, Texas, west west Texas. Um, very uh, very dry and and really the desert. Uh, <coughs> lots of uh, lots of prickly pear cactus and uh, rattlesnakes and cows and a town of about a hundred thousand people. Though I didn't grow up in a small town. But pretty good sized town. Yeah, and, and uh, lots music, lots of musicians there. Where were you closest to? Like major city uh, closest to you? Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Yeah. For, Dallas. Fort Worth, which is always mentioned. They're two separate cities, but they they're always mentioned in the same breath because they're they've grown together. So uh, you know, it's Dallas Fort Worth area. But that was where we would go. Uh, you know, my, my mother is from Fort Worth and uh, she had a sister that lived in Dallas. And um, so we would spend uh, a lot of the summer going back and forth fr- uh, from Abilene to Dallas. When you were growing up, wh- when did you start? Were you singing really young? You know, I, I remember, uh, you know, loved listening to the radio. I was, I was one of those kids that, um, you know, hated to go to bed. And I, I, I guess I started being a night owl early because uh, I, I would be, you know, it was time to go to bed. I went to bed, but I'd have my radio under the covers of, of the bed and I would listen to it. You know, I thought soft enough where nobody else could hear, but I'd get busted every once in a while, you know, turn, yeah. turn that radio off and go, go to bed. But uh, I would uh, and my parents were were playing records uh pretty much all the time. My dad loved music, just loved it. And um, so we, we had the big, you know, that was when record players were giant, you know, they were, there were big pieces of furniture and uh, they had a lot of uh, LP records and uh, he would play them uh, a lot and uh, they would have parties and they would have live musicians come and play for the parties. And so there, there was music around the house um, I had a, uh, I was lucky enough to have a horse when I was a, a little girl and there was radio always playing a, at the stables where I kept my horse. So I heard country music out there I, at home. 
I heard uh, Frank Sinatra oh. and Ella Fitzgerald and Rosemary Clooney and um, Doris Day, Bing Crosby, you know, and the the and then later the the Beatles um, and all the all the pop music because I started buying records, uh, you know, 12, 13 years old. That's what I would save my money for. Yeah. Uh, was to buy, and it was such a big deal when a new record would come out and you'd go down to the, the record store and, uh, you know, you'd saved your money for weeks and weeks and you bought that album and you brought it home and, and opened it up and that just that smell of the vinyl, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was just, um, certainly miss so, that nowadays. Right. Oh, I know. I know. I, uh, vinyl is coming back. Uh, I know a lot of the, a lot of young people are, are into vinyl records and a lot of collectors and stuff, but, um, that was a really special thing to, to get a new record and yeah. bring it home. And uh, then I, my parents didn't play musical instruments. My brother uh, kind of toyed with electric guitar for a little while, um, but didn't, didn't stick with it. Um, but I had friends who played music and their parents played music. Oh, yeah. So I had the experience of going over to their houses and they would have these big uh, picking parties and everybody would show up with instruments. And I had never been exposed to anything like that at all. And just absolutely thought that was the greatest thing in the world because, because it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everybody would sit around until late at night and, and play and sing and pass the guitar around or the, you know, whatever. Um, had a friend whose dad played, you know, just about every instrument and he even had one of those giant um, harmonica, bass harmonica. Oh, yeah. Harmonicas. Yep. And uh, so, um, yeah, there was a lot of music going on in Abilene. Were you having the itch at that point? Did you think in the back of your mind that you wanted to be a singer or that was something you you wanted to do? Definitely. And, um, you know, especially when I started buying my own records and listening to uh, Judy Collins um, she was a big influence on me. Uh, Joni Mitchell was a big influence on me. Um, you know, Tammy Wynette, Loretta Lynn, um, played her own, she, you know, these women played guitar and sang. Yeah. And, um, so I wanted to play guitar and even though I had been through several years of, of failed piano lessons, <laughs> I still, I still regret that I didn't learn to play the piano, but, um, I, I so wanted to play guitar and all, all my musical heroes played guitars and m mainly acoustic guitars. Yeah. And uh, my parents finally relented and got a guitar for me. Th I'm thinking, I'm sure that it was going to be gathering dust in just a couple of weeks. And um, I, you know, I practiced until my fingers bled literally. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, would play along with my records and, but I was, I was very, very shy and didn't want to sing in front of anybody. So I would go in the backyard and sing for my dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> so she, she was a very forgiving audience. So she, how old were you at that point? Uh, 13, 13, yeah. 13, 14. And, uh, started taking lessons. Um, and that, that kind of helped bring me out of my shell. And, uh, then my, my best friend, Lori, uh, plays violin uh and and she she got us our first gig we played at a, a restaurant and um 
I think we made $5 a piece wow. and, uh, uh, and dinner. It was a Mexican restaurant. So they, well, they fed us and we made $5 and boy, we thought that was just the greatest thing in the world. And, um, from there we, we branched out, we got a, a gig at another restaurant. And about that time I started singing because, uh, Lori, uh, encouraged me and got me to sing a couple of songs and you know the the floor didn't open up and swallow me people didn't throw rotten bananas uh so i, I realized that, that was something that was fun to do and uh boy you know as, her, as soon as i heard the applause um uh, after we would play um that i was hooked so what about laurie is she did she end up singing and he's in well she ended up being a, a well-known uh concert violinist oh, wow. and uh travel all over the world and she lives in austin yeah now that's and, pretty neat. Uh, she was uh she was the principal violinist with the austin symphony wow for a while and uh so yeah she she did very well <laughs> When did you branch out of your home area and and uh, started? I know you eventually moved to Nashville, but what kind of mm -hmm. happened in between then and you know that move to Nashville? Well, um, David Martin happened. Uh, my husband. Yeah. Uh, we met. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Should I tell the year? Sure. <laughs> why not? I, uh, I mean, that you know, um, about nineteen seventy nine. We met and started playing music together. Uh, I was in several bands in Abilene at the time, and, and so was he. And uh, I, I can't remember exactly. I think that an opportunity came up from a booking agent to go play a job in um, Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, either, either Texas, someplace in Texas or Louisiana. I don't remember the exact town, but... Um, so we got a group together and and off we went and that was my first uh, road gig yeah and um and it just it just kind of uh, kept going from there and uh in 1981 uh david and i married and lived in abilene for a short while um but you know quickly figured out that that we weren't going to be making a living playing music in Abilene is as fun as the the gigs that we were doing were um, so we decided to try Dallas so here we go to Dallas we we made it <laughs> six months in Dallas yeah things didn't work out uh, our apartment got broken into oh, no. uh, I know we came home from a gig uh, Halloween night uh, and this had to have been you know 1980 83 84 uh and the the place had just been ransacked you know and that we were we were just about ready to leave anyway and that was just kind of like the final straw yeah and um so i think from there we might have gone back to abilene for a brief period but uh we had pretty much decided that that we were going to nashville we had friends in nashville uh who were encouraging us to come with with the caveat that if if we decided to make the move to Nashville, that uh, if we weren't willing to give it at least three years, you know, don't bother. Oh yeah, and that was very very good advice, and I think it still is. Yeah, uh, whether you're talking about 
Nashville or any any place uh, you would want to to move and and set up a base of operations for um, any field, I guess, but especially music. And um, we um, we moved to Nashville in in January of 1985. We we struggled for a couple of years to be sure. Um, we were still going out on the road uh, to make money so we could stay in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> then, then we made the decision to, to sell our uh, trailer and sell our big road PA and stay, you know, so we would be forced to stay in Nashville. And that turned out to be a really good decision for us um, because then we, we had to go out and find work in Nashville, yeah. which we did. And, um, so things, I mean, um, things just progressed from there. Um, we bought our first house and so we had our first studio in the basement of that house. Yeah. And, um, because that, that was David's dream for a long time to have a recording studio. Um, we, we started to do more, uh, more gigs both together and, he uh, he got a couple of road gigs. He played with uh, 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 Shelly West, Dolly oh, West, okay. yeah, um, out on the road, and uh, uh, Doug Stone and a couple of other uh, artists. Um, and then I I did a lot of uh, corporate uh, gigs, uh, work like that, out at the uh, Opryland Hotel. I'm sure yep. a lot of people out there are familiar with the the Opryland Hotel. And, um, uh, yeah. And then we, we moved to our house out in Jolton, built our own studio out there. Um, and those, those were really good, uh, good years out there. And the, the studio was going all the time and, um, uh, it was a lot of fun. I bet. A lot of fun. So moving to Nashville, when you first kind of got into town, what was that like? Obviously, you, we were heading out and touring a bit, but was it? Did it feel overwhelming when you got there, or did it feel very welcoming, or what was that feeling like? Um, I have a story about the very first night we we were in Nashville. We had left. Uh, the weather was horrible. There was a big snow and ice storm just all over the the route from Texas to Tennessee. Yeah, and what normally would have taken um, 12, 12, 14 hour trip turned into a 24 hour trip wow. because of the, the ice and, uh, being stuck on the highway for hours at a time. Um, because of the weather, uh, some roads were closed. So we get to Nashville. It had to have been 11 o'clock at night, maybe, you know, after, uh, after leaving Abilene the previous day, I mean, just, we were, we were on the road for so long and the, uh, the electricity had gone out all over the city Oh no! and they had had, uh, and this never happened again, but that night they had had like 14 inches of snow. Wow. That just doesn't happen no. in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> it was this freak snowstorm. And, um, so everything was covered with a blanket of snow and because there was no electricity there was just moonlight on the snow it was absolutely beautiful yeah uh 
it was most one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. As tired as we were, <laughs> and, and we were we were in our van, our old uh, uh, cargo van that was absolutely filled to the brim with everything we owned, and we were pulling a trailer. Oh, no. Besides that, and we had our cat. Um, so it was the two of us and the cat with just barely room to fit in the van, you know, that we'd been traveling in for, for so long to get there and pulled up to a hotel. And uh, of course the electricity was completely out, but the, there was a a young lady at the desk who rented a room to us. And we asked her because we hadn't eaten in probably at that point, you know, at least 12 hours. And we asked her if there was any place to get some food. And uh, she said, all the restaurants are closed around here. But she said, I tell you what, my dad's coming to pick me up. I'll give him a call and tell him to bring you some food. (laughs) (laughs) And we just couldn't believe it. You know, uh, we said, well, that, you know, that would be unbelievably kind. And, um, And sure enough, 25 minutes later, her dad shows up with a bag of, of hamburgers he had found a Crystal's hamburger somewhere that was still open. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it was only one in Nashville yeah. that was still open or else they were selling food that was still warm or something. But somehow this bag of hamburgers showed up and of course the, the man wouldn't take any money for it. And um, so that was our welcome to Nashville. And, and we, we looked at each other and said, you know, if, if that's the kind of place this is, we can, we can stay here. I guess. And um, so we we stayed in that hotel room for a couple of days and just we had to walk wherever uh, we needed to go because the the roads were all covered with ice. Uh, And uh, so we rented an apartment within walking distance of the hotel Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, stayed there a couple of years. Um, And it, it was one of those old places built in the 1920s and it had radiator heat. So the wintertime was wonderful. It had no air conditioning, so the summertime was awful. Oof. Yeah. It was a wintertime apartment, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So at that time, um, obviously you probably eventually started to work around uh, around town, around Nashville, uh, and obviously the music scene is a little different uh, then than it is now around town. Um, yeah. What was that? What was your kind of first couple of gigs in nashville our our very first one was at a place called cajun's wharf which is long gone um it was a big restaurant down by the river um in fact it it was in uh after the restaurant left it turned into a nightclub and it got completely flooded in the the big uh 2010 flood Mm -hmm. and uh just about uh well i mean the building was destroyed but um, that was, uh, they had happy hour groups uh, that played every day, and then they would have headliners at night. Oh. And um, they, you would go in there at night, and there would be a 12-piece band on stage with horns and um, the whole deal. It was like a showroom. And uh, so we played happy hour there like five nights a week. We got that job just right off the bat. And um, which was wonderful because that that enabled us to survive and to to stay there. What type of music were you playing? Was it kind of a variety of things or? We were playing country country songs uh, pretty much 
uh, the top 40 country of the time. Yeah. The songs that we still play, but uh, they were new. New, new back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that always the way, right? It's sort of like, it, there seems yeah. to be a time period in everyone's lives where everything's new and then that's the music you you could still either listen to or perform or enjoy the most it's sort of you yeah. get to a certain age and it kind of your new listening kind of stops you kind of know what's going on but there's mm-hmm. that area that area that kind of just seems to be your favorite right that's your uh you know usually yeah. 20s to mid 30s is is that era that works really well i that is absolutely true and i think it's partly because back then we had time to just absorb um, new music you know you would get a new record or you would hear a new song on the radio and you you would just uh, or I I would I don't know that everybody does this but um, you would just listen to it until you knew it inside out yeah and uh, and there, there's a lot of the new music that I you know it's great I love it but um, but I don't know it uh, like I knew those songs you know back then with the exception of the musical Hamilton, which I have memorized the whole thing. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I know it came out on, on Disney a couple of days ago, and I've been wanting to watch it. So I'm obsessed. Are you? I've, I've, seen it, I've seen it in the theater three times, and then I saw it on Disney Plus the other night, not meaning to give a commercial, but... Um, is, is it as... Is it worth seeing it on TV? Um, is it, yes. It, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I'll, I'll be, I'll be watching, watching it again. It, it's really, it, it's like having a front, it's like you're on stage, um, the, with the camera angles that they used and, and the number of cameras that they used. It, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. I'll have to watch that for sure. Now you were mentioning, you know, in that time you'd, you'd really get to know the songs, but I think you really get to know a whole album, right? You'd, you listen to oh, yeah. everything yeah. and nowadays it's sort of like there's a song it's kind of a hit and bam mm-hmm. you on to something else you don't tend mm-hmm. to listen or there's not even even available a whole album or there seemed to be the albums back then were it was like a book right there was it was all intentional you you picked the amount mm-hmm. of fast songs and there was a certain amount of slow songs and there was a certain particular order you put everything in it was a lot of time thought and all that stuff and uh you know you'd got to know everything on that album um nowadays it, it it's not like it. be listened to from start to finish in that order yeah 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 very and carefully constructed that way nowadays when you if you had satellite tv or even cable tv there's so many channels that you can't watch everything and the same with music there's so much and there's so much available to you at every single turn it's impossible to really stay or stick with one thing for any length of time because all of a sudden it's like, Oh, look over here. Oh, look over there. And you know, I can, I can see this or I can see that. And there's like, uh, back then, like you said, you used to buy an album, um, you used to save up, used to be, bring it home when you would listen and listen and listen and listen. And you didn't have all these other distractions that would, would pull you away. But, um, I mean, there's, there's good, good and bad with everything, but, uh, yeah. I miss I miss those days of of getting an album and getting to know the whole thing from front to to back. I I did have that experience not not too long ago though. Again, it it was a CD, but you know I mentioned Judy Collins as a big influence, and you know she's she's so inspiring. She's still uh, still performing, still. And the last 
uh, album that she made uh, just this last winter, uh, last year, um, I I just could not stop listening to it. I I know that one backwards and forwards. I mean, it was it was just like um, that experience again. Yeah, and um, um, having that so excellent. You can still you can still do it. <laughs> yes, yeah. It just you just have to make you few. have to make time. Have to make time now now you know well we have the time now that's for sure <laughs> well that's true <laughs> that's true that, it's time to start making albums again yeah you know what one thing about the uh lockdown um uh, uh quarantine whatever whatever you want to call it uh it's funny the things that uh you know when it when it first happened i thought oh well i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this and uh, my house is going to be clean all the time and not, not so much. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone was gung ho at the beginning. So, oh, I have this all yeah. this time. And I know here at the house yeah. went at top to bottom clean. Like it's never been clean before. And, yeah. and it's since then it's sort of like, uh, okay, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I thought for sure oh, we're starting a new thing here, but no, um, no, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, but boy, for that first uh, that first twenty four hours, though it was it was really clean. Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone had the same thought, right? Everyone everyone I talked to that was cleaning their house because that's the first thing you thought. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. And and uh, uh, you know, Goodwill or, or whatever is inundated with things that people have cleaned out of their closets and uh, drawers. And and uh, me too. I took a I took a carload. Yeah, um, yeah, we we did that. We actually got a dumpster. We had so much stuff. Oh well. <laughs> we got a lot of a lot of stuff. There's nothing left here, and that's why. <laughs> so when when did you? How did the uh, move over to the time jumpers uh, happen? There Ooh, were yeah. yeah it's got to be a you good know, story that, there. Um, that was almost uh, almost by accident. Um, we had been hearing about the time jumpers and uh, of course you know western swing was something I've, I've been listening to uh since i was a teenager uh in abilene i you know used to hear it on the radio and uh there were a couple of clubs uh in abilene that featured western swing bands you know six nights a week sometimes seven nights a week and um when i uh you know back then the you could go into the bars at 18 yeah. So I, when I started, when I was old enough, I started going into the bars and, and singing in the bars. Um, you know, I was singing a lot of Western swing and a lot of country music. And um, so it, it was something I loved, but it, it I never, uh, you know, it was just part of the, the repertoire, you know, and I never thought that I could ever be in a band that, that, that was what they they exclusively played. I mean that that would have uh, just been wonderful, and turn you know it turned out it was. But um, so so years pass, and it's about uh, 19, 1999 um, in Nashville, and uh, we had been to the station in a time or two, and uh, we'd been hearing uh, through the grapevine of this band called the time jumpers and our friend andy reese was in the time jumpers our friend jeff taylor uh, was in and you know both those guys are still in the time jumpers yep. and uh 
they had invited us to come out a couple of times. And um, so we finally went out on a, they played every Monday night at the station Inn, and uh, we went and uh, there were, at that time, there were probably nine, 10 people in the band and there were maybe, you know, 25 people in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, but we just, we just thought it was just unbelievable that, uh, there was a band with, you know, twin fiddles and steel guitar and playing all those great songs. And, um, so they, uh, they invited me to sit in that night. I think I sang Faded Love with them. And, uh, on the way home in the car, you know, I, I told David, I said, gosh, wouldn't that be fun? To, to have a, a band like that or be in a band like that. And so uh, we went back, uh, you know, probably a month later. Um, they invited me to sit in again. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call. Uh, the lady that was the original vocalist um, in the band was going to be out of town for a month. And uh, her name is Adie Gray, fantastic singer. And uh, she said, I'm, you know, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to miss four Mondays. Are you interested in, in filling in? And you know, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, so I, I did that four Mondays in a row and uh, worked really closely with Hoot Hester. And um, Hoot, unfortunately, is not, not around anymore. He passed away um, several years ago. Uh, but he was one of the founding members uh, of the Time Jumpers, Hoot and uh, Dennis Crouch, the bass yeah. player, um, founded the the band. So they had been together for maybe a year and a half when we first heard them. And um, so, you know, I did the month with them, the four Mondays. Then uh, Aida came back Um we we went out to see him a couple more times, and then uh, Adi left the band. Hoot called and and said, "Would you like to come sing with the Time Jumpers?" And it it was just like I'd won the lottery. Okay. Uh, and uh, every Monday night, and uh, Johnny Cox was in the band at that time. Yeah. He was the steel guitar player, and um, it was just uh, it was so much. It was like Christmas and and New Year's and um, birthday all all together just every Monday night and little by little the the crowd increased and then uh, Kenny Sears' wife Dawn uh, Dawn Sears you know who mm -hmm. also tragically lost yeah um, not that many years ago uh, she started singing with us and then there were eleven of us in the band and they had three fiddle players and. Um, we uh we made the the dvd in uh what was it 2006 i think and by that time john huey was the the oh, steel yeah. player yeah and um you know that was the last um recorded uh material of john huey playing with the time jumpers because he died not too long after the the dvd came out wow. so um so yeah, uh, and I I stayed until 2010, 
And uh, by that time, David and I had put our own swing band together and we were wanting to travel and um, go out on the road. And uh, we, we started going out on the road with Jason Petty, yep. which was how we ended up at the Walters Family Theater. Yeah. With, with the group, how often were you churning out new material all the time where you have to learn lots of new stuff or was it? We were notorious for not rehearsing very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, some new songs did come into the, to the repertoire, but there were certain, a certain number of, of things that, that you just did every, every time, like, yeah. you know, San Antonio Rose and, um, uh, Dawn, uh, you know, sang that incredible version of Sweet Memories. I and mean, we did that every every Monday and, uh, uh, you know, roly-poly. You know, th- those people, some people are saying, what, what? Yeah. Uh, but if you're familiar with Western swing music, these are like the standards. Um, um, Faded Love, um, yeah. you know, San Antonio Rose, roly-poly, stuff like that. So... Uh, but, and they, there were a lot of instrumentals and, but it, it, there was so much energy on, on stage and, and in the audience. And, um, after the, uh, really previous to the DVD, um, the, the crowds had increased to the point where people were being turned away, um, every Monday night. And, uh, you know, they, they couldn't let any more people in because it was against the fire marshal yeah. regulation, you know? And that that was just really uh, really crazy, and uh, you know, famous people started showing up. Uh, Robert Plant <laughs> was in one night. Uh, I met Bonnie Raitt oh, wow. there. Uh, I met Kelly Clarkson there. Nora Jones, uh, Jimmy Buffett, um, B.J. Thomas came to sing with us. Larry Gatlin would drop in to sing with us. Uh, just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Jack White would drop in every once in a while. And the so. cool thing, I'm sure half the audience was f- filled with other musicians. And absolutely, absolutely, I, I think uh, at least at least half the audience was um, other musicians and singers. Now, was that a lot of pressure knowing that you know when you always have a gig and you know there's a musician in the audience, <laughs> always <laughs> always be pressure. But when you had a lot of musicians coming all the time. What, uh, what was that? Like, you just get used to it. I was having too much fun to think about that. Yeah. Really. I, I honestly, I honestly didn't think about it. Um, uh, now the night that, that Bonnie Raitt was there, I mean, she's like the queen. Um, I, I was a little nervous, uh, when I found out that she was there, but I went over on the break, I went over to talk to her and she was just as nice as she could be. And, um, no, I, you know, I just never even thought about that. Just, yeah. it, uh, mainly, you know, there were 11 of us, so there, it, it wasn't just me standing up there by myself. <laughs> yeah. It got spread <laughs> maybe around. I maybe I would have been nervous in that, in that, uh, context, but you know, when you had those guys backing you up, you know, the only way something was going to go wrong is if I did it. Yeah. So and I did, you know, occasionally I've made mistakes, but, uh, but it, it was just so much fun. The music was so much fun. Uh, Western swing music is, is, uh, by its very nature, uh, just happy. It makes people happy. It certainly and, does. Uh, uh, everybody be tapping their feet and, um, uh, you know, Jimmy Buffett came up to sing, uh, 
San Antonio Rose with us. Oh, How cool. cool is that? No kidding. So then you started going out on the road with your own swing mm-hmm. group and mm-hmm. uh, working with Jason Petty, who's, uh, who's been up here as well, and I've done a bunch of work with. So what was that transition like, getting back out and, and, and starting that as something different? Well, it, uh, it wasn't that big of a jump because we had been, um, yeah, we've been playing on the road with, with band, different bands and as a duo uh, for, uh, you know, since 1979. Yeah. Um, so the difference was the, the venues that we were playing. Uh, Jason primarily works in, in theaters, and that was, uh, I loved loved it um i loved getting getting into town um at you know two o'clock in the afternoon doing the setup doing the sound check doing any rehearsal that we needed to do um you know hanging out in the dressing rooms and uh and meeting the people at intermission and um that you know growing up uh and as a, as a young musician playing in bars and playing in a lot of hotel lounges, I mean, that, that's what we did yeah. for years. We traveled around and, and played. I mean, we did the, the Holiday Inn circuit. We, we actually did. Some people think that's a, a, not a real thing, but it was. Uh, we played uh, all over the United States. Uh, at, and we'd, we'd go and stay someplace for two weeks, sometimes four weeks, and then move on to the next place. But... The reason I brought that up was when you play in a place like that, most of the people that come to hear you are, well, most of the people that come to the club are not there to hear the music. Yeah. They're, they're there to wind down after uh, a day at work. They're there to have a drink. They're there to, to meet someone. Um, they're there for every other reason. And the music is, is like a, a backdrop. Yeah. And it's not that people don't enjoy the music, but, uh, it's not the primary reason for them being there. When you play in a theater, people have bought a ticket for their seat. They are there to see the show. And you you had better put on a good show <laughs> because those people spent their hard-earned money to, to be in those seats. And that when the lights go down, it's all about the the music and the same situation at the station inn and it that it's magic it's just magic it is nice once you start working in theaters and and doing that market the situation's always good it's it's uh you know a nice setup usually there's not too many ugly theaters out there or not well kept mm-hmm. theaters it's always nice and there's always a good place to uh hang out and there's always a nice dressing room or green room and um, mm-hmm. and the crowds are always great and, um, it's, yeah, no, nobody's going to have one too many gin and tonics and, you know, no, it does <laughs> start, happen every once in a while. <laughs> it does happen every once in a while. That's true. Uh, that's true. But, uh, really stand out if it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was funny when you mentioned the holiday answer, cause I, uh, uh, I did a podcast with T Graham Brown, uh, last week and he talked oh, yeah. about. Oh my God. Uh, doing the holiday end circuit too. And he kind of talked to him. Yeah, it's the holiday end circuit. It really was the holiday end circuit. It's like, yeah. And I remember years ago traveling down to Florida, even on the I 75, and you'd see the holiday ends and they would see all the marquee of who was playing there that week. And um, a lot of the hotels had 
those lounges that that was a that was a big deal for yeah. quite a while. I know we we played quite a number of them where it, you know it said on the marquee uh, lunch buffet. Oh, yeah. So we used to introduce ourselves as lunch buffet <laughs> or a free beer tomorrow. That's what the sign would say. Yeah. It's a good name for a band. It was. <laughs> but, uh, oh, T. Graham Brown, he's a sweetheart. Uh, I remember doing uh, in Nashville, I'm sure they still do this. The, the uh, musicians union would get a bunch of people together to sing Christmas carols at uh several places around town yeah. and uh you know you'd get on the bus and make the make the circuit and do christmas carols um at seven eight different places and uh, i remember uh, doing several of those with with t graham brown and Neat. i just i think the world of him he's wonderful yeah it was it was a fun fun chat i always loved his singing and um, yeah. yeah really really cool guy so Lots of time in Nashville and working with, with Jason and touring around all over the place uh, doing your swing show. And you did uh, uh, Patsy Klein as well um, with yeah. Jason. Uh, I know you did that up here as well. Um, and eventually things came around and you, you and Dave decided to do a move out of Nashville. We did. Yeah. Um, that, was a, that was a big uh, jump. Um, we had been in Nashville for 31 years wow. and, uh, you know, had the recording studio, um, out in Jolton, Tennessee yeah. and, um, you know, have had and have, uh, many dear friends there, but you know, the, the business was changing, the, it was getting harder and harder to keep business in the studio and, all of a sudden David gets offered this job at Sweetwater Music in the recording studio doing what he had been doing all along with the difference being that if, uh, you know, something breaks down, it's not his responsibility <laughs> to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, we, we had a group of friends up here already in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm talking about if you're not familiar with where Sweetwater Music is, and yeah. Sweetwater Music is a uh, the the one of the largest music merchandisers. So chances are, if you're a musician, uh, or if you have a, a a church or anywhere where you need PA equipment, chances are you've ordered something from Sweetwater yeah. at some point, or maybe you order everything from Sweetwater. Um, it it was it was the offer that was too good to refuse, and um, so we we sold our house there. David started working here July fifth, uh, two thousand sixteen. So he just celebrated his fourth wow. anniversary uh, here, and uh, I didn't know what was going on as far as the local music scene um, was concerned. Yeah, and um, pleasantly surprised. Um, at how uh, how much the arts are valued here and how much of a music scene there there is maybe I should say it was but uh, we got a gig you know right away once a week uh, at a a room here uh, that sadly has gone away they they uh, decided to close for good yeah. during the lockdown but but you know when we get to the other side of this and we will get to the other side of this. Yeah. 
there's going to be a new normal. Um, things, things aren't going to be like they were because things are never like they were. Um, and there, there will be other places to play. Yeah. And I think as a duo with you and Dave, Mm. there's probably going to be a whole lot more opportunity than there ever was because it's, it's not, everyone's not going to be diving into the deep end and, Mm -hmm. and spending a lot of money uh, on big shows and, and anything with big production and all that stuff. I think it's Mm -hmm. shows like yours and people who, who can really entertain uh, and keep things to a minimum um, that will do really well. Um, That's, that's what people are going to want to, uh, get out and, and, and seeing it it's safe for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I, yeah, that's the thing, you know, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not in a hurry. No, uh, I, I want the situation to be safe. I, I don't want, um, someone to, to come out and see me at the risk of their health. Yeah. And things now obviously are really ramping up, uh, across the U S and Texas and Florida and, and I think everyone just thought that, you know, things are just going to open up and get back to to normal. And it, it's gotten really, really scary. Actually, we've been really good uh, up here. We've we've not opened uh, anything up too much at all. Um, I, I think the couple of days ago we had no deaths in all of Canada. Um, that is fantastic. Yeah. Kudos to you. Um yeah, there there have definitely been um, been mistakes made on this on this side of the border, but uh, we just we're just going to keep hanging in there. And um, well, you are a big country, and it's different in every area too. Um, but it it's it's hard. You almost still have to think of it as one big area, right? Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, little steps. You know, maybe you can open up. Uh, you know, some smaller things a little ahead of other places, but not too far. And uh, right, right. And I see a lot of people trying to trying to make things happen. And it's 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 too bad because you have to. I mean, a lot of people that's their life. They they depend on making money, uh, performing, or if you're a tech yeah. person or all those things. You're just sitting around, sitting around. Um, mm-hmm. You want to have to try to do something, um, but not to the point where it's going to delay things another couple more months or another three or four oh, months. Oh, I know. You know, I, I understand the, believe me, I understand the frustration. Um, but, you know, we just patience. Yeah. Patience. Because. Uh, That's all you can it, do. It's just not, not worth it. It's all, yeah, yeah. What are your plans now as far as if you're looking ahead into the future? I know it's hard to, to think about uh with with covid going on but uh yeah. what were your plans on 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 what you wanted to be doing with with your career and, and do you have anything new that you've been wanting to try or new new albums that you've been wanting to record and work on well we've, we've been talking about doing another uh album project and maybe um uh, you know back in 2004 we recorded an album called the very thought of you um which was uh you know, a lot of uh, American songbook uh, pop songs yeah. from the, the 40s and 50s. And we got really good response on and, and still do. That one still sells. And um, it was done with, uh, you know, piano, bass, drums and guitar. And um, 
really enjoyed making that one. So we, we've been talking about doing uh, an, a continuation of that, you know, another set of, of songs uh, like that. And maybe, um, you know, with just piano, bass, guitar um, and, and vocal. Yeah, and drums, drums on some things, and and maybe not on other things. And um, we we would like to do that. Um, we really enjoy doing the music festivals, and we uh, we were disappointed in that we we had four festivals that we were supposed to do this summer, spring and summer, uh, that have of course uh, canceled, and completely understand that. And they all have said they want us back for 2021 yep. uh, if, you know, if things are able good go. yep. uh, by then, able to go by then. And um, uh, yeah, it, we, we will continue to do our, our live stream uh, things. We've, we've really become um, fond of those and uh, it, it's, a, it's a big part of our week. The Wednesdays yeah. and Sundays, it's like, okay, Wednesday is show day. Sunday is show day. So um, it, it's it been a lot of fun um, preparing for those every week and, and seeing what what people have requested. It, it's, uh, it's really um, entertaining to see the, the requests that people come up with. I and bet. we try to do all of them, but we can't do all of them. Now, do you, um, going back a little bit here, I just was going to ask you too, uh, do you, do you miss not being in Nashville in that surrounding area? Um, is that a much of a change or do you miss that too much? It, it was a big change. Um, you know, but, but like I say, we, we have, we had a core group of friends here and we've made so many new friends here. Yeah. Um, so Yes, I, you know, I would be lying if I said I didn't miss Nashville because I lived there longer than I lived anyplace else in my life. I mean, 31 years of my life was spent there. I lived there longer than I lived in my hometown. Yeah. And uh, I will always think of Nashville as, as my home. Um, but Fort Wayne is my home now. Yeah. Um, but I, I had definitely had some of the best uh, musical experiences of my life in Nashville. Well, I mean, period, musical or otherwise. But, uh, you know, you just can't go back. You have to, you have to move forward. So, um, and that, I, I would think, uh, if nothing else, uh, COVID uh, and the lockdown and everything has has taught us that. Yeah, you can't be afraid of. of you can either anything. give up, right? You can either give up or you can you can keep going, and and reinvent uh, yourself or your or your situation. Yeah, very true. And it's I think there's some fun in reinventing. You know, it's 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 oh definitely, it, yeah. definitely. It's stressful. And, uh, but it's it's fun. Yes, it it, it, it makes, makes you. Uh, it I think you get content in what you do, and and this is who I am. This is what I do, and you don't really think of why do I have to stretch my boundaries at all. Um, uh, 
And then now you have to think, oh, I have to stretch my boundaries now. <laughs> and it's that that is so true. And uh, we, I, I won't say we, but I, I get uh, complacent, and and um, so it uh, this this thing has has uh, has shaken me up in more ways than one, and um, and in a good way, I think. Yeah. So definitely. So I'm uh, kind of excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and and uh, uh, it's a good time to to learn new songs and keep practicing. And, and absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, a couple of questions I always like to to wrap up on. Um, one of my favorites is uh, asking uh, performers: Is there any place out there that you've never performed at a venue uh, that you've always wanted to to perform at, but you haven't had a chance yet? Oh gosh. Um, wait, it's <laughs> Carnegie Hall. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds uh, cliche, but, um, no. yeah, yep. Carnegie Hall. Yeah. That's, that's a big one, isn't it? Doesn't, it is. It doesn't get much, much bigger than that. Have you played the Ryman or, um, I have, yeah. I have, uh, when I was with the time jumpers, I had the pleasure of playing at the Grand Ole Opry several times at the Ryman and then we did it several times out at the uh, Opry House yeah. uh, before before the flood um, and uh, also uh, one of the best experiences ever uh, I was able to play at the Country Music Hall of Fame for the dedication of Cindy Walker's song catalog Mm-hmm. Uh, into the Country Music Hall of Fame and that, you know, she had, this was several years after her death and she had, in her will, she had left all her song catalog to the Country Music Hall of Fame. And the Time Jumpers performed and I got to sing uh, You Don't Know Me, oh, nice. which was her, you know, famous songs. And yeah, um, so... Yeah, if if I hadn't played the Ryman, I, w- I would have said the Ryman for sure, or the or the Opry House, um, uh, or Bass Hall in Fort Worth. But I got to play Bass Hall oh, cool. with the uh, actually twice with with Jason. So um, so yeah, and you know if you ask me if you ask me that question next week, I'm, I might say you know any street corner in in any town <laughs> any town. Uh, USA or, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm ready to play. That's the other thing. I don't think people are going to be, have to be too picky in where they, they play as well. Uh, yeah. especially yeah. the ones who were very picky. And, uh, uh I think, uh, that readjustment is going to be interesting as well. There's going to be a lot of people who all of a sudden become available <laughs> that never, well, were available. I know. and, um, and I, I don't want to take up too much time, but I, I heard some somebody talking on the on the radio uh, a week or so ago, and they they were talking about one of the live streams they had seen with, um, like two you know two really famous women, um, uh, maybe Cheryl Crow. It was Cheryl Crow, and uh, another artist who who was who was just starting out, yeah. and the two yeah. of them got together to do this live stream thing, and the the person who was talking about it said, you know. If this had happened last year, this would have required phone calls and and agents and managers and uh, it would have required all these steps 
to get this to happen, this time it required a text message, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, then they were on a Zoom call together, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, and uh, I, I heard, uh, this was several months ago, but, you know, Alicia Keys gave out her phone number on, on uh, social media. Oh, wow. uh, so people could call her and, and uh, request songs or, um, I mean, which was incredibly generous um, and, and scary, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but she did. I mean, it, and everybody, um, uh, there've been a lot of, a lot of really cool things to come out of this. Yeah, definitely. Is there uh, one more question or we'll wrap up? Um, is there anyone out there that you've haven't had the chance to meet that's kind of on your bucket list as well? It's like, oh, if I ever had a chance to meet this person or sing with oh, this person, or... um, there's there's uh, you know, I met Bonnie Raitt. Uh, she was like, uh, and I met Judy Collins. Oh, cool. Um, uh, Stephen Stills. I would like to meet Stephen Stills. He was a big influence on me, and um, James Taylor. Yeah, I think. I think there's a and, lot. you know, dozens of others, yeah. <laughs> but those two, those two spring to mind uh, of people that I haven't had the pleasure of, of meeting. Excellent. Two good ones. Well, uh, thank you for spending your time and getting us to, to find a little bit more about you. And wh where can people find you on the socials and all that stuff they wanted to find out and see your shows and uh, yeah. on Facebook? Our Facebook is Carolyn Martin Music. Uh, on Facebook and our live streams are available to anyone. You don't have to be uh, a friend. Um, you can just, you can go to Carolyn Martin music on Facebook um, and, uh, and, and tune in Wednesdays, um, 7 PM Eastern daylight time, uh, Sundays, 4 PM Eastern daylight time. Um, my website is carolynmartinmusic.com. Um, there you go. How long do you do your shows for your live shows? Two hours. Two wow. Hours. That's a long time. And Oh, it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> every time, you know, I'm, I'm not keeping track of the time. Dave, David is looking at the computer, reading the text that, or some of the texts that come in. We have to wait until after the show to read all of them. But, um, I have no idea what, what time it is. And every time he says we have time for one more song, I honestly think that we've been going about 45 minutes and we've oh, done two awesome. hours. It goes by so fast. Yeah. So fast. And, you know, the first couple of ones that we did, it was super strange just playing to that little lens on the iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> but it, because of all the people who, who text in and people who text me personally, you know, after the show or email me uh, and just all the, all the love we get from people, you know, and all over the world, um, I really can feel the people there. You know, when we do the the things, it's, it's not like I'm just singing into the air or singing to that phone. You know, it, it's like they're there with us. Do you ever think, why didn't we do this before? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. Sure do. Yeah. It's, it's what, how long has this been going on? You know? <laughs> And I hope it continues once everyone starts playing out again that everyone will keep keep the shows up because I think it's it's really good. I mean, it 
it really broadens your audience too and makes people Mm -hmm. i think the thing is you get to know somebody too if you watch all the time you Mm -hmm. feel it's like watching someone on tv they almost become uh a star to your eyes right because someone you see all the time um Mm -hmm. and it's on kind of a tv yeah 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 it makes and makes you want to go see them when you come come out to their area so yeah uh, yeah it's pretty neat i know we're gonna we're gonna continue it as long as we we can yeah it's it's become a big deal to us good well stick with me here i'll just wrap up i appreciate you spending uh your afternoon here and uh, enjoyed it and make sure you say hello to your husband dave there and i know he's slaving away behind you in the studio over a hot console yeah yeah it's a good thing it's not (laughs) outside um, but, uh, hopefully we'll get you, see you up here at the theater or up here in, in Canada again, too. We really enjoyed your time up here. It was so much fun. Oh, I would, I would love that. I, I, uh, I would love it. Yeah. We Can't had, wait. had some good time, especially, uh, uh, I'm missing Rory too. Um, oh man, that guy, he's amazing. I, I don't know if you've seen any of his, uh, posts or live streams, but he's, he's got some, uh, some things that he's been doing yeah and if, if you haven't seen his youtube of uh the 12 days of christmas i don't think i've seen that no. yeah. oh you I, I mean i know it's july yeah <laughs> but you owe it to yourself to go on youtube search for rory hoffman 12 days of christmas um i won't tell you anything about it you just have to you have to see it i, I would i would ruin it if i told you anything about it uh, it's all instrumental. I can I can say that um, it is a must see. Well, I'll check that out. It, it will make your day. Yeah, I'll have to share that one too. Perfect. All right. Well, hang on, and uh, we'll wrap up. Thanks again, and uh, make Thank sure you, everyone Karen. check out Karen point. Martin on on the socials and say hello and check out the shows. And uh, well, as I said, I hope to see you real soon. Okay. Take care. Bye.